Hey, you're listening to the Sunnyside Podcast Show with me, PJ. Me, Ron. And me, Scott. Cue the theme tune. As played by an elephant. What was that? What was that for? I'm just. I have you had a day? Um, yeah, have you had a day? I've had. I've had uh, three days. Three days. What's been going on? Work. Yeah. Home. Yeah. Everything. Work. 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 Just busy. No, not busy. Just um. Uh, somebody that I really need to be giving me input and replying to emails is not doing any of that. Um, and it's uh. It's causing Hard. much delays. Oh, okay yeah. then, and that, yeah. that's kind of causing you not to be able to get anything done then. I mean, it's I, I'm still working away, but there's every chance that they. Then oh, it might be set. wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I decided I wanted everything green, all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, then, um, um, so have your working hours? I mean, are you still keeping nine to five working hours, or have your hours kind of started slipping and sliding all over the place? My hours are normally about ten until. I kind of feel like I'm I'm done for the day. Um, sometimes it's like I have a job that's on for that day, hmm. um, but the the days are longer now because everything takes so much fucking longer. Hmm. Like I, not only at the end of the day, I don't just have to play out the media and send it on down to the online. I've got to play out a quick time and then upload that to everybody, and then they have to have their say as to how it looks <laughs> based on whatever iPad or. TV screen or whatever they're going to watch it on and so then I have to make notes would, and then I have normally... to play it out and then I have to put it on a drive and then I have to drive to work and then I have to leave the drive in for the people who are going to be doing the online and finishing <laughs> so yeah. it's um, it's not my my de- working day is definitely longer we're on day I think we're on day like 60 or 70 of being this kind of the whole lockdown from lockdown beginning it, with yeah, lockdown like 90? feels like that Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it is 90. I don't know. Um, but we're, I mean, I I definitely feel we're getting at the ragged part of my ability to cope with it now. And I thought I'd be all right for all of it. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I'm not really sure what I am feeling, what I miss, what I don't, like, it, it just fucking sucks. And I'm not really sure why. I don't think mm-hmm. there's nothing that I miss. There's like, I'm not an outdoorsy person. I don't miss going outside. Like I, but it, it's just time for it to be over. <laughs> yeah. But just as we were coming live, um, a friend of mine posted, um, uh, a picture, which I'll post into the, the discord server, um, of, I think South end on sea, South end beach or something like that today. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, under the new rules, every person, it's a, it's a packed beach Ugh. under the rules. Every person in this picture is entitled to come out for a day at the beach, but it's now completely impossible to stay two meters yeah. apart. And it's just a jam packed beach. Uh, yeah. You're just like, you fucking idiots. Yeah, I mean, there's a real sense that, I mean, first of all, everyone's a bit ragged about it now, so we're all fraying at the edges anyway, but also there's a, there's a sense in the general population that uh, numbers have come down, so it must be over, and that must yeah. be fine now. And it's like, well, no, not really. Not but, that's the thing, but, that's, but that's the thing, that the, that's what the government are saying. Like, uh, what do you call that fucking specky prick? Um, Gove. Michael Gove. No, not Michael, not fucking Paul, but the other one. Um, <laughs> what do you call him? The I mean, in a podcast with three people who all wear glasses, that's quite a that's quite a slur. No, you're but he wears. He, he just he, but he, he, he wears them in a way that annoys me. <laughs> yeah, he's um, the cha- the the duchy of whatever the fuck with Jacob Rees-Mogg. Oh, him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he no, said I that, take it back. He is a specky, yeah, he is a specky prick. Um, he has said that bringing the commons back to live parliamentary duties in June would effectively euthanize the members of parliament. You know, but it's okay for teachers and like 
everybody no, else yeah, to go yeah. back to work no, he, now. He, he's he's been on the record saying he wants to bring Parliament back because um, Boris is is a bit rubbish without the backing of a chorus of people brain Boris Boris right without that mm. he's he's a bit useless and um so he's actually now saying he wants Parliament to come back again pure but and that they can all socially distance and all be fine because I watched Gavin Robinson. Uh, local parliamentarian. He has the worst webcam technique I've ever seen. <laughs> he's a funny man. He's like, he's like if I took a picture of a normal person and expanded their entire body and height and everything in 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 Photoshop, but left their face about the same size, just multiplied everything by about two, and just kept their like like if he were playing Frankenstein's monster, it would be not an there would be not much makeup required. He's just and also he's got he's gone really grey really fast and he's thirty five and it's like that's a lot of grey there. Anyway, anyway, he's a he seems to be a twit. But uh, aside from all that, he was on going, um, you know, this is a death sentence. You're gonna make us all come back. Some of us have to travel from like far away in Northern Ireland, and I don't want to go back there. So oddly I'm on his side on this one. I don't think they should be going back. But yeah, it's the posh schools aren't going back. Oxford's not going back and Cambridge and Eton and all of those things aren't going back early. So I, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm like, I, I was chatting to my dad about this. We're going to go and visit my uh, and visit my parents at the weekend for the first time since all of this. But they have a a big back garden that you can get into without traipsing through the house. So we're all going to go and if it's nice weather and mm-hmm. play a bit of football or whatever and, and still continue to socially distance. Socially distance my, football. Yeah. But my... Um, my feeling on it is both in work <clears throat> and when it comes to Ralphie starting school in September. Yeah. Um, if no, I don't you. feel if I well if I yeah if I don't feel like they have a handle on it, mm. then he's not fucking going. And if I don't feel like everybody has a handle on it in work or uh, commuting and going to, you know going to get my lunch and stuff, or, you know general day to day stuff, then I'm not going back to work. I'm going to continue well, the, to the, do... the second spike of the Spanish flu, which this is sort of often compared to, is was substantially worse than the first spike of Spanish yeah, flu. And the problem, and the problem is that we're probably going to get our second spike coming into winter, which is when mm. it's going to be even worse anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because um, there will be the flu about then as well. I mean, on top yeah. of yeah. this, there will be the normal flu. Yeah, it's going to be. It's and there won't be, be all the there won't be all the heat and light to kill the the yeah, virus. Yeah. This is the thing, we're living through the golden age of this right now. It's been beautiful weather most of the time, like in Northern Ireland, yeah, beautiful weather most of the time. Yeah. Uh, but you've been having to sit in your balcony. And, uh, you know, we, I mean, we're struggling because Annette's dad passed away, obviously. So Annette's really struggling. And normally it would be, let's get you out and let's go shopping to distract from this and do something. Of course, you can't do any of that. Not unless you like a garden center which you can immediately Ugh. take to the dump after you've bought something you don't really need in the garden center because those are the two places that are open right now. But um, yeah, I don't know why yeah. they think garden centers are fine to open. Well, I mean, they're fairly big places usually, and they're, and they're outdoors. A good chunk of them are outdoors, aren't they? So, and and there's a kind of exercise component to gardening. So, I suppose if they think they can do that, then a lot of this is about, I think, measuring risk and going, well, look, yes, there will be a risk, but it won't be that big of a risk. And you know, if only five percent of those people go into that garden center get it, then that's still only X number of people, and you know, so it's. It's all calculated gambits and and because nobody really knows. I mean, like, like all the stuff about oh, kids are fine, and then you start reading stuff about kids that have got all these other conditions that no one's expected, no one knew anything about. And you go, oh no, kids are not fine, and oh, you only need to worry if you've got preconditions. There's a photo on the BBC website. He's a guy, he's like he's a bodybuilder or something, and it's a photo of before coronavirus and after coronavirus, and he looks like there's nothing left of him. And it's like, oh, that guy was perfectly fine. So I don't know if I want this shit. You know, I was kind of willing to write it out a bit and thinking, do you know what? At this stage, we mostly, the evidence mostly in, I don't have any big underlying health conditions. I should be all right if I get it. And then you see someone like that, you think, yo, do you know what? Keep that shit away from me. I'm not yeah. not for that at well, all. The, no, thank you. The, the primary cause of death between healthy 35 to 50 year olds is stroke from coronavirus. Look, it's been That's a long, a, long, lonely winter. Like and I, I would like a, a um I'd be grateful for a stroke, is what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I was I was out last night uh, in the car uh, driving down to PJ's house. You know, we like to we like to have a, a weekly knees up without you, Scott. Yeah, and, that's uh, fine. I, I passed quite a few 
quite a few groups of teenagers on the road who I'm pretty sure were not siblings that were yeah. just out and about hanging out, you know, and as if as if nothing was wrong, you know. And I think, uh, you know, there's there's certainly a case where parents, I think, have just decided to let their their youngsters out and not. I mean, I think there's ca- I think not there's taking cases, any responsibility for it. Yeah, I think there's cases where parents from the start haven't prevented their children from from going out. Actually, um, it'd be awful to keep them inside. Like, yeah. I know. Well, we and we let Nathan out the other day. That was the first day anyone. All of his friends out. have coronavirus. He wants coronavirus. <laughs> he he got let out to hang out with a couple of his mates, but like Nathan is pernickety about the health stuff anyway. So we kind of felt he's probably fine. He's the OCD kid with autism. He will be all right. He'd be fine out there, you know. Um, but you don't know, and and you know, I suppose it is a risk. Uh, and he was going well. What Leo is is one of his friends. He was meeting hasn't been out of the house in four months, so it's like oh, he's not very likely to get it. So you're sort of measuring all these risks and weighing them all up yourself. But and and ultimately, you could still. I mean, we still don't know. It could. I mean, you could walk through a corridor and and someone might have sneezed there, and it's just hanging hanging in the air and get a lung full of it. So you could well just pick it up without without realizing it. So I don't know. Yeah, Susie gave me the, the fun stat earlier on that eight percent of all the people that've been in that have been in care homes mm-hmm. in the UK have died. Eight percent. Eight percent. Jesus. I saw. I read some the other day saying one in forty-eight people. One in forty-eight people in New York got it. One in forty-eight. Like that's yeah. That's. I mean, that's astonishing. That number. Um. Might not be accurate. No, I'm pretty sure it is accurate. I'm, I'm going to check it now. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, hydroxychloroquine. Trump's taking it now, so it's all good. Trump's well, not taking he it. He's not taking it at all. No, he, say, he's, are, he's, he says he is. He says he is because he's the sort of person that whenever you say, when he, if he accidentally says a word and he, you know, he mumbles the word and he'll go, uh, elf, elfalimps. Are you saying elephants? No, I'm saying elfalimps. And that's exactly what I mean. And you Kofi don't know what thing. I'm talking about. Yeah, Kofufi. He just doubles down. And whatever it is, he doubles down. So, of course, yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that surprised me was he went silent on, or how do you clock, 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 roll? Well, they asked, they asked him about it yesterday, yesterday, and he said, he, I've been taking it for weeks. Yeah. But, but this like, thing, he went, there, was a, there was a brief period where he went quiet on it, where the evidence seemed to be, uh, we're looking into it, and there doesn't seem to be much, you know, in fact, it's anything, it's deadly. And there was nothing, there was no word about it. And then suddenly the next thing he mentions, it's like, no, fuck it, I'm taking it. That's, you know, I've been taking it for weeks. <laughs> oh, oh, of course you have. Yeah, of course you have. And then his, his doctor released uh, a note about it, and the note said... Um, it basically boiled down to this. Yes, Mr. Trump, uh, President Trump asked me about it. We discussed the pros and cons of it, and we uh, continued to examine the pros and cons of it. I was like, ooh, that was neither a denial nor... Uh, that was that was certainly not the doctor saying, I'm giving him this because he's Look, asked. They've probably just been giving him a red M&M every day and telling him <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't know if I'd give Trump the red M&Ms. I'd give him the blue ones or something. Just to, Is the blue ones are the good ones? I don't know. So, um... Have you, what have you been doing? Have you been watching anything? Has anything been going on? Uh, have you been watching have, my many, have, many streams? I have done nothing but play Animal Crossing with my free time. Really? Yeah. Is that, is Han- that good? Hannah is that is, like going out? <laughs> Hannah is now addicted to it. She's living on the island with myself and Ralphie. Um, and, <laughs> well, I mean, um, basically, the video game is imitating life at this yeah, point. Yeah. yeah. I, I, no one else is allowed to visit. Uh, we're totally on our own. I oh, no, we went, in, we went on I our first island videos. visit. Oh, did you? We I met it in videos visit, in Animal yeah. Crossing in the basement. Uh, uh, like um, when Annette, Annette and I are, are on social media together, on the same social media, we don't even, sometimes we don't even friend each other. You know, I don't. It's and and it always no. leads to fights. Not not friending each other. I'll go and if I if I hmm? if I shake a tree and find a piece of furniture that I think Hannah will like, I'll go and leave it outside her door. As a I present. don't understand this game. I'm all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sometimes if we find if we find something nice, we'll go and get some wrapping paper and wrap it up for Ralphie and leave it on his doorstep. I'm not sure I understand video games where you play with someone in the same room and you're not trying to punch their head off. <laughs> so, like, if, do you just keep tapping all the keys and then a, a tree land drops a, a chair? What? 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 You shake. You shake. Yeah, you shake. You shake trees to get stuff out of them. And every now and again, it'll be a coin or a tree branch, which you can use to make something. And every now and again, you'll get a piece of furniture. I, have I think we're, set, I got we're setting a up very kids nice to be very drawing. disappointed about real life. 
I have got. I got. I, I, I said to Hannah tonight, my exact words. I wish real life was like this. <laughs> I wish I could just walk around outside, pick up shit that I find, kick a tree, take it to Tommy, take it to Tommy and Timmy's shop, and have them give me money for it. That's what my that's dad's. What that's what my dad's job used to be. He was, <laughs> that's what I want for, the, re- for the rest of my life. From the backyard. On Sunday and... morning. On Sunday morning, I want to meet uh, Daisy May. I want to buy turnips for ninety-six bells a turnip. I want to spend a hundred thousand bells on turnips, and then I want to sell them for a hundred. Sell them dear. for two hundred bells. Come Wednesday. And what's a, a bell? Proposition, Joe. What's a buy bell? for a dollar. Sell that's for two. Their, what that, exactly? Is that the currency for, in-game, in-game currency? That's their in-game currency. Yeah. And can you? Can you? I mean, who cares? Can, I don't. <laughs> I don't know anything about. I'm doing. But it's a the three, only thing that's bringing. It's the only thing that's bringing me joy. If it's bringing you some minute. joy, that's good. Yeah. I'm doing a three-page strip. Uh, for with Al Ewing, which is a, a what Animal Crossing theme. I, I got really excited. Al said, "Oh, fancy doing this three-page thing? It's like a horror thing." I went, "Yeah, that'd be cool." And I got the script, and it's Animal Crossing, so everything's going to be drawn like Animal Crossing. And I was like, mm. <laughs> "You okay, make, make well, sure you get Tom like Nook's homework. likeness right." Uh, well, Tom Nook's a fucking is a shakedown artist. <laughs> I just paid. I just paid off my home loan, uh-huh. and he was like, "Hey, do you want an extra room?" Uh-huh. And I was like, uh, maybe? And he's like, yeah, we can stick it on at the back. It'll mean to keep the construction costs down. Everything will be good. The extra room costs twice as much as the house oh, did. Yeah. And does he come around all like, it'd be an awful shame if something happened in this extra room. <laughs> Do, see, when he's when they're when they're doing the work, is it, does anyone come along like sort of hobbling a bit and says, here, master, can you spare some money for the prisoner's fund? <laughs> no. <laughs> No, um, is there not like an ex? Wouldn't it be great if there were like a secession of group of you that kind of wanted to secede from your island and go off on their own? Would that not be fun? I mean, you can drive from Maze Island. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning feeling very like I. Do you know what? I am a Republican now. <laughs> I've had enough of England. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> I'm the first opportunity I get. I'm voting. For a republic, I'm out of here. I think the first opportunity I'll get, I'll be about 97, though, if I'm honest. Like, there's no way, mm, no way that's coming know. up. No, I mean, well, apparently, I the, the, the customs border is already going up in the sea. So, yeah, that's the thing. I, I was reading the paper. I, I, well, this is what I, I posted on Twitter. It says, like, you could go to bed a small unionist and wake up a small R Republican just based on the headlines you'd see in the morning where uh, there was a letter from the Brexit negotiator that all the political commentators I was looking at were saying, this is like someone, a 12-year-old throwing a hissy fit going, oh, you won't give us this and you won't give us that. So why are you doing this like that to us? Um, and that, it looked like that was either a tactic specifically to uh, bring a new deal about, or it was kind of they're just so useless they don't know what they're doing. And then, did you see your woman, uh, Pretty Patel, um, the uh, smirking fascist that she is, say, send out a uh, the, the the banner that she posted? It said, "We've ended free movement so that we can have people from other parts of the world come here." It's like what what you've ended free doesn't mention the fact that ending free movement means we can't go other places we're not going to yeah. paris easily that's i'm, I'm sorry we're, we're people from other parts of the world not allowed to come here before apparently apparently no of course they were uh, but the wrong of, parts of the world of course oh. they were people from the, other, bra- the brown parts any, of the world at any point yes. the, the uk government at any point could have said we're opening it up to anyone here's the specifics the only people that were would have uh, been that wouldn't have had to follow that restriction would have been the European member states, which allowed us to go to Europe if we wanted as well. I mean, that was the deal. That's the deal. Is I could get up tomorrow and work in a job in Paris if I wanted. Uh, you know, Ron could go and do tech support for Disneyland Paris if he was ever tempted to get a passport to go on a plane. We technically don't even need the passports. That, that's the thing. The passports are only there I as mean, proof uh, of ID. Uh, I, no, no, no. I definitely beg to differ. We need fucking passports <laughs> to travel. Thank okay, you very okay. much. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, you know, in a very strict sense, we, you know, we can go there without getting visas and without getting all this stuff. And now we're all basically, we're all going to be hamstrung, except for us, because we're all going to get Irish passports and pretend. Uh, uh, it says here you're from Northern Ireland. And like, oh, but Jesus, better, n- that's the South, you know, now, all potatoes. <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, nobody's going to Disneyland Paris this year. <laughs> no, it doesn't make me feel better because I haven't got my refund yet. 
I was go- I was going to Disneyland Paris this year. This is well, one of the many speed things. up any building projects they have going on there. No, it yeah. won't. That's because the the Marvel Studio stuff is. We were told that that's not going to open when they were expecting it to. It slowed it down um, because oh, they have to well, keep social distancing when they're building stuff as well. So they can't. Oh, just... sorry, and France actually have good unions. They do. Right. Yeah, that's so, the thing. Yeah. I I mean, I grew up thinking Britain was the best country, and everywhere else was just a kind of weirder, slightly worse. You're the of worst it. Catholic ever. <laughs> 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 I, I've worked with Protestants all my life, middle class Protestants. And they persuaded you. <laughs> they persuaded me otherwise. I mean, they were the type that would, they wouldn't necessarily do the 12th. And when they talked about the 12th, no one, I would, their concession would be to whisper it to me like, oh, we're going to, are you, are you, what are you doing for the, I mean, for knowing full well I was doing nothing for the 12th, they'd go, what are you doing for the 12th? Like, whispered the 12th. And I go, same as usual, trying to avoid getting burnt. And uh, which wasn't yeah, true. Pro- pro- nothing. Protestants nothing. and mixed company always talk about the twelfth, like they're talking about having the shits or their period or something. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I grew up thinking England was great and Britain was. We were the best. We were top notch. It's like we had all the capitalism of America, all the all the kind of cool stuff from the states. Plus, we all spoke English, and that was really useful. And then we, you know, the French stuff. Now, you know, they're too bolshy, and you know. And now I'm looking at them, going, "No, we're really kind of shit. We're like, we've got all the worst I, aspects of all these nations, not I the grew best up kind aspects." Of almost exclusively with Catholic friends, mm-hmm. almost exclusively, and they did absolutely nothing to convince me that uh, a United Ireland was in any way beneficial for me. No, I, it's I taken. Would... It's taken. England to f- triple c- constantly, repeatedly yeah. trip over its own prolapsed asshole. Yeah. That's the thing. Make, to make me go, here, I don't give a. I mean, not that I ever really did give a shit, but like, here, we just fuck off. Yeah, well, here, that's the thing. I, I, I would have said to anyone. But like, I don't want to pay to go to the doctor. So I know, like, I know, I know, I know. That's one of the things, isn't it? I, I would have said, quite honestly, I would have said that I voted for the, uh, what do you call it, the Friday uh, Peace. Thing, the PC thing. What's it called? The Friday Good Friday, Good Friday Agreement. Agreement. I vo- I that was the even, first time. I wasn't even old enough. Well, to that vote was the first it. time I really voted for something and really felt strongly that like was the this, first time I voted for anything. Yeah, I f- I felt genuinely strongly like this is the first meaningful vote I'd have ever had because prior to that I was conscious that no matter who I voted for, you know the Tories would get in or it wouldn't matter because we were ruled by England, so it didn't really matter that much. Uh, Friday Good Friday Agreement came in, voted for that. I would have sat back and said, you know what, if we're never part of the Republic, that's fine because we have now, we've established a bit of peace. I don't want any change. Let's let's live this life. This is great. I, I wouldn't have agitated for it. I would have said quite contentedly, if a vote had come up somehow, I'd have gone, no, I'm sticking with the UK. Thanks very much. This is, as is, is fine. And and I would have been swayed by the argument, quite honestly swayed by the argument that, that the same argument my mum used to use, which is, Oh, you can't live on your own, Paul. It's going to cost you too much money. Stay here with me where it's free. And I go, yeah, mom, all right then. And it's like that. <laughs> it's like, if you you can't go to the, if you join the South of Ireland, you know, all the, look at all the things that could go wrong. Stick with us and everything will be fine. And then you kind of go, all right then. And then they blatter you over the head with a two by four. And you think, well, what's happening? Why are they hitting me repeatedly? What's going on? So that's the, the only, like the only I, convincing I argument that my friends had for joining a United Ireland whenever I was younger was that they got the X Files two weeks earlier than we did. <laughs> yeah, the X the X Files friends and Frasier. Like I remember and, my and friend. Buffy, had, I think that was something else. I, I yeah. never a genuine They had an RTE aerial and he would come in like two weeks before everything else and be like, Hey, did you see the new X? And I was like, You tell me a single thing and we're gonna have a problem. Oh <laughs> uh, no. Oh I the mean, Sopranos. R- the Sopranos. R- they had the Sopranos early as well. Round our way, I mean, if you had an RT aerial, you may as well hung a flag off it that said, I'm a TIG. I mean, it was a, it was, it was a dead giveaway. Here, yeah. no, RTE, everybody, no matter who you are or where you come from, when there's free football on, you will put in an RTE aerial. <laughs> they never showed the golf did this year. Dad probably never had one. No. No golf. Do they, do they play golf down south? I don't think that I don't think they do. Is too. They've got that too, weird uh, golf variant where they pick up the ball and throw it and hit it at the bats. And 
What is it with the Fat South? Every time there's a ball golf. on the ground, they pick it up. Even <laughs> snooker, they pick up the balls and throw them into the pockets. What's going on? I presume. Um, no, I never. I genuinely never had a conversation with anyone about whether no one ever tried to convince me we should stay the the north or the south or none of. The, I never had a conversation. I don't think I even met a Republican or anyone that way inclined until maybe I was in my late. 20s and and i was doing some it work for these two guys they're really nice guys uh, i think they were the guys that ran captain courier the the courier company but they uh, were two and the, beyond yeah the greatest yeah. the greatest tagline <laughs> definitely and beyond and we i was doing tech support for them and and installing their computer stuff and they they kind of got a gist because the guy i worked with uh alan was was you know born again christian you know protestant and these two guys were, you know, really lovely guys, but very kind of, ah, oh, come on now, Paul, go back to your roots. You know, with deep in your soul, you're a tig born and raised. You know, you, you know, you. I, re- I really, I really, really hope that you, that these two guys that run Captain Courier are the guys that you're remembering. They might not be those guys. I, because <laughs> otherwise, somebody, all, somebody all that runs Captain that we we normally put should be here. <laughs> this yeah. is all clouded by memory and not, you know, not accurate at all. But these two guys were one, lovely. There's one half of Finicky, if that's where they're from, but it's on their vans. If there's one <laughs> half of Finicky, where they'd be delighted. <laughs> but there's another half of Finicky that wouldn't and be so would pleased. Be. Yeah. No, but I mean, the, the thing is, it was all very good natured. It was not, you know, there was no kind of, uh, you know, Jesus, 800 years of oppression and blah, blah, blah. It was just good natured ribbon, really. But it was the only kind of, it was the only time I've ever chatted to someone who would have gone, yeah, yeah. That and my mate Danny, who who lives around the corner from you, Ron, who when you do get him drunk, will start going on about eight hundred years of oppression at the slightest opportunity, <laughs> and you'll be going, oh, oh here he goes, here we go, eight hundred years, here we go, and you lived through all of it. Is that right? Every single minute you were there. Is that, is that the way it worked? So anyway, so disloyal. <laughs> but he is from. I, fi- Derry, I, know, I find London, it Derry. very. I find it very difficult to give a shit about something that didn't impact me in any way, shape, or form whatsoever. Yes, I that's say all that my privilege, boy. <laughs> that's hey, that's fine, but that's I can't change. Your ivory tar of all your Protestant gains. <laughs> I can't change that. <laughs> I cannot change that. Uh, it's easy not to worry about oppression when it's never affected you, isn't it? I know. <laughs> When you're Gosh, the one with your boots on somebody's face, but we're all white. We're just different shades of it. I mean, I'm a bright red shade at the moment. You're a pasty no, white. Not. I mean, yeah, um, nobody can nobody can say. I mean, I think I've, I'm a better color using my phone camera than I was I on that you, other camera that we did I last that you, we used last week. Yeah, I think you might be. You right. are definitely. Yeah. Why did you get that high resolution web camera? You had a flipping Mac. What are you doing? You had a Mac camera. God, yeah, but Mac Pro. Yeah, I've got. First of all, I've got a Mac Pro, so it doesn't have a camera. Yeah. Second of all, Discord only allowed. Does a Mac Pro not have the, a camera? The Mac Pro is a fucking. It's not, it's trash not a Mac Pro. It's a oh, Mac Pro. Oh right, it's a Mac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's a headless yeah. Mac. Okay, yeah. okay, 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 okay. Okay then. Um. So anyway, so so I mean, if I personally don't think, I think now, now that there's, I think right now there actually is a chance if there was a, a vote on a republic, it might just. Just over the line. It would be the same as Brexit. It would be fifty six forty eight or something. It would be. Sammy like, Wilson would definitely be sweating in his pants yeah, if he was yeah. wearing them. Which I mean, that that is that is some questionable math. mathematics there, PJ. Yeah. <laughs> well, vote early, vote often is Shinpin. That's the yeah. That's the yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they if they were to put for, if they were to put forward a vote now, I still my 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 gut is still like whatever's best for me. So if yeah. if the republic put for if the republic put forward a good proposal, yeah, they're like here you can have here the rivers the rivers will be chocolate and the streets What's will be wafers. And, but uh, yeah. I mean, have you not? I like I definitely at this point I think if there were so I mean my my thought was what I was going to say is which makes me think that the fact that there's even a slim chance of it going through it makes me think the DUP will tooth and claw fight any chance any possibility of even a conversation about a vote. Because but they it's not, cannot it's, risk it's, it. It's not. It's not up to them, though. But it's sort of. The, the, I mean, the, it's sort of. It's, it's. It's not. It's the 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 Secretary of State for Northern Ireland is the person who calls the border poll if they believe that a, a majority of people, um, are 
interested. Mm. So the D- the DUP they, they they can't do anything about it other than try, try to try to keep the masses down. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I think that's what to try to quell everybody's. They're, they're basically going to do everything they can to make it seem like there's a small amount of people agitating for it. And it I, might, but, it but also, well I think the, the DUP swinging towards things like universal credit. Yeah. Like that is a, that is a swing oh, no, to kind no, of appeal. You mean you mean um oh, universal universal, basic, uh, universal basic yeah, income yeah um that is a swing to try and appease people who are going to be and rightly so feeling really really shit over yeah. the last three months or however long it's been yeah. losing jobs losing income yeah. like that is something that I never thought I would hear the DUP Tommy Wilson talk saying- about. It's time now for universal basic income. And you're thinking, it's time now to get your clothes on, Sammy. You've been in the heat too long. <laughs> What's going on with you? I know. It's so weird. But uh, yeah, so I mean, my, my the, the other thing I was going to say is is if, if there were a vote and there were a kind of campaign about it, I would really struggle to believe a word the British government said. Any, not yeah, that's the single truth. Word. I, mean, I mean, they no matter what they, they promised, shit I'd all over Scotland. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think they like they really they really fucked Scotland. Um and you think, right, okay, you can't get away with that twice and then Brexit comes along and they shit all over that and you're like, fucking hell. Yeah. So yeah, even if they did want to charge me eighty euro a go to go and see the doctors, it might be worth it. I don't know. Do you know do you know what like uh, one of the very subtle ways my thinking has changed as as is which is obvious is becoming more and more obvious to me the more often I talk about it is that um, whereas I used to refer to the government, I always talk about it now like the British government, which means I'm only a kick in the arse away from re- referring to it as the, you know, the, these, the, the occupied um, six the, counties. Yeah, the, the occupied six counties and on the island of Ireland, as, <laughs> as whole, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, where would you stand, Ron? Where, where, how would you feel? I, I like to stick with what I know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the thing, but, the thing, what what we know, what we know is a European Union. What we know is yeah. Northern Ireland as part of the European Union, and that's all we've ever known. And now, your parents knew maybe knew something different, but like you know, when we went when we were born and came up, that that's what we knew, and that's changing whether we want it to or not. That's I mean, yeah, uh, you know the 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 stuff that's happening now in the ports where they're 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 having documents coming in the ports. That's going to make things enormously difficult for small businesses. It's going to make things stuff. enormously difficult for our work for starters because we that... get we get parts every single day from yeah. Europe. All right, wow. And... So that's going to impact on you. How about yeah. you, Scott? Any word on on Shouldn't impact you too much, should it? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that there are some um, that there are some productions <laughs> out there that probably got some form of well, well, actually, grant one, money for, one for of, something. One of the big ways it might impact on you is actors and bringing uh, you know cast into Northern Ireland. It might. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't and, impact me. That for that that means that the production want one actor and he says i can't work there and then they get another actor and then they shoot oh, but but i mean if it if it becomes more of a it becomes northern ireland becomes less and less attractive to shoot in and the, the i mean you know a large part of what you owe your job to is from game of thrones and game of thrones is only it was in northern ireland so it's it's you imagine you can imagine a scenario where you know the opportunities drop for shows to be made in northern ireland and suddenly the product because they don't have uh, things being shot there, they don't need people on the scene doing post production and stuff to it. So suddenly, all that stuff moves out. Maybe yeah. I don't know. No, uh, it's, no. The, 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 the Game of Thrones came here because they were offered good tax breaks and match Big tax breaks. Yeah, that's it. That, yeah. As long as the tax breaks keep coming, you know, as long as it's like thirty percent cheaper to shoot here than it is, you know, somewhere that looks similar to here. They, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they're really going to matter which How long actor. Is the going to last, though, is the question. Well, what I'll be interested for as long as they keep making if, money. Uh, hmm? If there, if there is a vote that goes out, uh, how much uh, um, anti-United Ireland sentiment you'll see from the south? Well, yeah, <laughs> like, that no, would be stay, stay where you are. Stay yeah. where you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, you know, we we thought. It, I mean, it was a it was a so it was a good idea to get back with me, ex. But now that we're back, I don't know if it's, it was a good idea at all. I I remember now why we didn't, you know, why we weren't. Do you remember my it. ex being this broke? <laughs> <laughs> like they they are fucking skint all the time. She looked so good when she left, but now. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I mean, and they're always asking for money in their grand. They're going, "Oh, give us some this and give us that." Complaining about her abusive ex. 
Uh, and she doesn't put out because she's a bloody prod. Anyway, <laughs> Presbyterians won't even snog me. Um, anyway, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I think we're a long way from it because I think I think the powers that be will fight tooth and claw. And the, you know, the British, I I don't know. I mean, I often think that Brits would love to get rid of us just as a. Oh yeah, know, they they do not. They just can't be seen to actively want rid of us, but yeah. they do not give two shits. Yeah. Well, yeah, the British establishment say that they want to keep us, but the the British public could not give two fucks. Oh, the establishment don't want us either. They just yeah, but, they, but, they, like they but they'll never say it. Yeah, no, yeah. But but well, you ask certainly, you, know, I mean, certainly you ask whenever... someone on the on the street in Birmingham, like, do you you know what do you think of United Ireland? They'll be like, are they not already United? What else? <laughs> yeah, they are. Yeah, and all, and all, you, and all they would have to do, all they would have to do, is start some sneaky, um, under cover of night fucking subterfuge. Here, do you know how much money we have to fucking give them? It's the same thing they did with Europe. Yeah. Do you know how much? Do you know how much fucking money the DUP got a billion? Did they get a billion quid? It'd be funny for, for, be for funny a couple of votes. If the DUP, I heard there's some black people there. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be funny if the DUP kind of got the government, to, the British government, want to do their own advertising campaign in Northern Ireland to to keep us as one uh, united union, and the and the Brits come over and do really shitty advertising because they really just want to get rid of us, but don't want to say to the DUP just in case it kicks off again, and so they're all going, oh. We 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 will definitely give you some money. Maybe you know you'll have some. No, rights. They, no, they don't do it like that. They do it. They, they tell. They brag about how much they give us. They'll be oh, like, yeah. "Don't go, don't don't go, Ireland. Look at all the things that we've bought you. This museum was paid for by da da da. And then <laughs> and then over here, look at all these roads. We paid for the roads. Your thirty percent tax breaks for filament. <laughs> mm. <laughs> That's great, uh, isn't it? How are you enjoying that NHS? Sorry, <laughs> NHS. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I don't know. So it's yeah. It's, I mean, it's a funny political show today. I don't know. It didn't mean that. Yeah, but, I mean, I definitely don't think that we're the people that should be talking about politics on any sort or, of or pandemics. Basis. I mean, I mean, the range of our no. expertise is somewhat limited. It has to be. We said. are we are spread thin tonight, boys. I, I have to. I have to say, I wasn't entirely convinced I should do a podcast today because I have heard myself talk on so many podcasts this week. I have reached a, I've reached my own like threshold. I mean, you, should prob- you should probably stop listening to them then. <laughs> yeah, it is true. He's talking to them on them and then listening to them is not a, not a good no. not a good sign. Oh my god, Ron! I've just discovered something. What's that? If you go to patreon.com forward slash sunnyside podcast, you can actually support the show with real money. Fuck off! That's true. <laughs> Well, what's what's the other podcast you've been on, and why have you been on them, PJ? Well, recently, as you may know, I have a new graphic novel out written by Garth Ennis. Well, you haven't told us about it on this show, so let's let's. <laughs> I let's, have, have you not? Let's I have a deep know. dive into that. I don't even mention it occasionally. Know about it. I'm just gonna hold on. Scott I'm just gonna did, get. Scott I, didn't I'm gonna know get, the name of the thing until no, yesterday. No, I'm just gonna get comfy because PJ's gonna talk about himself for a while. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna recline back and. Okay, well, I'll interview PJ then, since he enjoys oh, yeah. that so much. <laughs> PJ, what is the name of the new book you have out? The, I'm going to close my book, eyes for a, the, for book a is called, the book is called The String Bags, right? Now, the thing is, I've been in, I've been attached to this project for like two, since 2017 or something. So when I first got it, I already got over the name of it. And now that I'm saying the name out loud to people again, I'm having to get over the name again. It's like, it's called the what now? The String Bags. It's, the String Bags were a plane that the... Um, the uh, British Navy had as part sort of in the early days before there was an Air Force really even uh, and the, the British Naval Fleet had their own sort of Air Force and they, they didn't have much money to spend on these planes. They were not good planes. They were kind of biplanes. So they looked like sort of salt with camels, but slightly more modern than that. And uh, the Navy had them on some of their, their ships. And they were famously used. There was a couple of uh, uh, things they they were kind of famously used in. One was the Battle of Toronto, which was when they they weren't sure if um, these planes were worth any money at all or whether it was worth keeping them as part of the the naval effort. And there was a big debate about whether money should be spent on massive warships, these huge castles in the sea, uh, or whether they should pour the money into airplanes. And and uh, what do you call them? Um, air, aircraft carriers. And what happened was in Toronto, they sent down a couple of aircraft carriers uh, armed with almost nothing but but these planes, these kind of biplanes that were so poorly armed. They basically had uh, one torpedo per plane, 
once you dropped your torpedo, you were done. You had to turn around and leave again. And they had a rear machine gun, which was like spitting, you know, pebbles at things, and a front machine gun that that was fixed in where it was shooting in the direction of the plane flight. So if you wanted to shoot at something, you had to fly towards it. That was the only way to get it. So and they had a crew of three, and they 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 had a pilot. Uh, they had a navigator, and then they had a kind of tail gunner at the back, and they were in a cockpit that that didn't have a canopy, so it was an open air cockpit. And the only way they could communicate, so this is the start of the war, they didn't have electronic communications. They had like these little air tubes that they would shout down to shout to each other while they were flying in the open air. You know, it's mad. It's like completely mad. And the thing was, these planes were so old and sort of seemed to be so old and obsolete that um, it turned into a, an advantage for them. So when when they were um, when they went to Toronto, uh, first of all, no one expected these planes to turn up because Toronto is in I think it's in the heel of Italy's boot. So uh, and Italy had its most of its naval fleet stationed there, and there was no way for uh, a British naval fleet to attack it. And there was equally no way for an airplane to attack it because you'd have to fly all the way across Italy from from Great Britain. You just couldn't travel that distance. And so what happened was these these uh, boats got to a certain distance. The planes took off and attacked the uh, Italian fleet in Toronto completely by surprise. And in one night, on these shitty little biplanes, they sank half the Italian fleet, right? Half the warships in the Italian fleet. So a massive, massive victory for for these little planes. Uh, and one of the other things they did was they attacked the Bismarck. Now, they, these things, I mean, the Bismarck was a massive German battleship. It was, I mean. Did they sink the Bismarck? I, I think they were all, they, I think they were involved in it. I don't necessarily know if it was, they were the, the component that sank it, but, but they were certainly involved in the, in the hunting for and the sinking of it, I think. Um, but they, these things basically attacked the Bismarck. And as they, the Bismarck was a modern, uh, completely massive battleship. I mean, this, this thing was huge. You could, you could, you know, fit 30 or 40 people on top of the gun of, you know, some of the guns on it. It was just so immense. Um, like football pitch kind of sizes, you know, multiple football pitches. And so when they flew towards the, the, um, the Bismarck, the Bismarck had flat guns. A flat gun is, it fires a shell into the air at a certain distance. And the shell explodes, and the explosion will take out a plane, right? So, in order to hit the plane, though, what they do is they calculate how fast the plane is going, and they work out where the shell should explode. Uh, and so that's that's like on timers and things. But of course, they didn't have computers, so these were all kind of mechanical processes to work out the timing. And the planes that were flying towards them, the the um, the the ferry swordfish was so slow. The, the planes were so slow that when the flak hit, it was miscalculated. And so they just fly through the smoke because they, they wouldn't get hit by the explosions. They just fly through the smoke. And then later on, there's a, a thing called the Channel Dash where Hitler had most of his big battle, or a couple of his big battleships away up in Norway, I think it was. And in order to get back to a safe harbor in Spain, I think, they had to come through the English Channel, basically between France and England had to come down that way, which, of course, is incredibly dangerous. Small run of water. The Brit- Brit- British fleet is just right there. So um, they were scrambled to try and take down these ships. But, of course, no one was really paying attention, so there wasn't enough planes scrambled. But these these things were, they flew out to take out these these ships. And, of course, Hitler had mustered this massive air fleet as well. And so they were harangued by Fokker Wolfs and uh, Messerschmitts uh, 109s. But the Messerschmitts and Fokker Wolfs, who's, were like they were flying about four or five hundred miles an hour or something, and this the ferry swordfish could only fly around about a hundred miles an hour. So they were just shoot, overshooting them every time they they flew towards them. They were going so fast they just missed them. They'd shoot way over them. Um, eventually, the Germans figured out how to slow down enough, and they you know they ended up kind of uh, dropping their landing gears as they were flying in order to slow down their vehicles enough to be able to kind of catch up to the, the slower plane. But anyway, the, the story is about these three pilots that are, these are, these are kind of a, a fictional uh, narrative that, that um, Garth has put together with these three, this crew of three. And the idea is they've been through every single one of these events, the, the uh, sinking of the Bismarck and the, the um, battle in Toronto and the Channel Dash. And they were at each of them, so that's that's a fictional narrative. There was not not a crew that was literally at each of those events, but those planes were. And the idea is that you follow these three as they go through each of these kind of things that 
that that actually happened. And so it's a kind of it's a really I mean Garth writes like this stuff like like it like he's drinking water, you know. It's it's well not like he's like he's drinking whiskey actually would be more accurate. But um so it's a really good it's a really good book. I think I've drawn it quite reasonably well. I don't know. I mean I've got uh, the other day twenty copies of the book arrived in the post. It was like oh and I was looking at it going oh no I would have drawn that differently. I don't oh no 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 no. So it's going to take me about seven or eight years to look at it again. It's a literal year's work for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's 176 pages. I always tell people, oh, you do about a page a day, but you sort of don't. I mean, you do a page a day. On a good In a good year, I could draw about 200 pages, maybe, you know, in an amazing year, you could do about 250, 250 pages, but like a good year is 200 pages. So 176 pages was most, it was, was actually, with other things in between, it ended up being longer than a year. So, but it, it was, it was over a year's worth of work. Um, and you're telling me it's not a it's not a comic book publisher that did this. Well, no. Well, Dead. So it's published by a company called Dead Reckoning. But Dead Reckoning are the um, the graphic novel division of the Naval Institute. And the Naval Institute are a book publisher that is linked to the American Navy. And I think they're 146 years old or something. They're like a a really old organization. And I think their first book they published was. The Hunt for Red October. So they've they've published fiction before, but they've never really done graphic novels before. And a couple of years ago, um, Gary, the the, the public, well, the editor there, did, wanted to start doing graphic novels, and he basically started reprinting some stuff. So he reprinted Garth's Night Witches and a few other things, and they commissioned Garth and asked him if he had anything that he had ready to go and as a graphic novel. And he went, yeah, I've got this. But it, it takes you a long time from going, I've got this, to, yeah, let's draw this now. So it was a long old slog. Like, um, but, and and th- like the thing is, 176 pages. By the time you've drawn 170, page 176, you're 175 pages better than you were on the first page. So you're slightly annoyed with yourself and going, I could go back and re- you know redo this, that, or the other thing. But it's all right. I think it's okay. Looks, it'll hold up. Who was? I mean, like, if you don't want to go into it, it's all right. But I mean, how is how is things like Patriots and all worked out? With, like with with that company versus working for? A- well, they asked me, and I told them. <laughs> I told ah. them Patriot. Um, it was a bit higher than they wanted, and I kind of, I I was coming off the back of. So the 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 work I did on with Garth on World of Tanks was really well paid, like preposterously well paid, too too well paid. Um. And I was about to do, uh, offer to do this thing. And I knew if I took too low, um, so like to give you the bounds of a page rate, $100 a page is too low. I can't live on $100 a page. The um, Dark Horse World of Tanks was about $320 a page. Really good page rate, right? So a good, a normal page rate is around 200 250 So I sort of got about $250 a page. But what happened was the economy tanked. And as the economy tanked, my page rate went up because the dollar suddenly was worth far more. <laughs> so, so like at one point, and I, I would have done chunks of 20 pages and I was pay, I was getting paid $5,000 or something. So I would I would key that into XE.com just to look to see how much I was earning. And I'd find myself going, oh, it's 3,700 today. And then, you know, I think the best I ever got was 4,200. And the worst I ever got was three thousand five hundred. So that's the that, that, that was the other thing I was wondering is like whenever you're doing a a you know an OGN like that where you know all the work is collected in one go, do they pay you in chunks then for each bit that's completed? Or so it depends on the publisher. So some publishers, what they do is they give you an advance. So some a publisher might say we'll give you fifteen grand in advance, and you think oh that's a good that's a lot of money, and then you remember no that's for a year's worth of work, so that's not a lot of money. So uh, with this, the arrangement was basically, I'll do 20 pages a month and you pay me every, uh, you know, 30 days after I invoice you. So that meant I would do a piece of work. Uh, I'd do 20 pages and then another 20. And by the time I did the second 20, I was being paid for the first 20. So I had a regular, I mean, I had a regular income for almost a year. It was brilliant. You know, just knowing that you've got that coming in every single month is a, is like, ooh, that's a big, you know, load of sweat off you. So. Oh, cool! I haven't had a chance to read my my copy yet. I, I, I give I give uh, Ron, uh, Ron a copy. You Scott have an arc. Oh, lucky Ron. How? But you got an arc. How have you got an arc? Did I give you an arc? You said you've got a copy of it. No, is it a paperback? Did you not? Maybe I picked no, you up wrong. No. I got sent out five arcs. An arc is a as an advanced reader copy. So what they do is they pre-print the book 
um, in a format that's readable, but not in the final format. So it 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 like it's a print on demand basically. It's quite expensive to do, but it it allows them to if you're doing a book, you want to get your book out to book reviewer, reviewers a good six it's months before it's even released. So um, it's a DVD it, screener. Yeah, yeah, it's effectively a DVD screener. So um, it went out to places like Publishers Weekly. But the thing was, it went a lot but of the places it went to. I would have got one of these. I don't know. I thought I bought some in to show you, and you maybe took one. You must have took one. No. But no okay. No. Well, um, you I know. Mean, I'll take one. Ooh, of course you will. Okay. <laughs> um, fine. Um, <laughs> borrow Ron's. Um, but the thing is, the early reader. No, it's talking... signed by Ron. It's like sleeping in his bed. <laughs> it says to. I just signed it generically to to a friend. You can use that. <laughs> um, I forgot his name. To Scott, it says on it. Um, so. What do you call it? The um, yeah, the early reader copy had a color section, and then a grayscale section, and a black and white section. Right, and I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, anyone who's going to read oh, it, he's going to spoil but, it for us. But but a oh, lot. Here we go. A lot of the early reviews said, "I really love the way it went to black and white in the end. It felt so much more fitting than going color all the way through." <laughs> and I go, "That's not that's not the that's not what you're looking at." <laughs> <laughs> that's not what's happened there what a unique artistic choice it's like when i went to the um uh, jurassic park 2 in the cinema and this and the uh the screener when the, when they were showing it the the guy who put the film in put the reel of film in where the t-rex landed in new york he put it in upside down so that whole sequence <laughs> upside down and i and it'd be like going to watch that and coming out it and going Saw Jurassic Park. Incredible the way they really literally turned our world upside down when they bought the the dinosaur to New York. It's like, going, no, no, that was an accident. <laughs> That's not what was supposed to I went to happen. see Die Hard in the cinema and they mixed up the reels. So we watched <laughs> the first reel. Uh-huh. Where, and I think it ends around the time when John slips out of the, um, the room that he's getting dressed in just as the terrorists arrive. Uh-huh. And he runs yeah. up into the, um, into the stairwell. Uh, they skipped out reel two and went straight to reel three, and then it was like a jump cut. It was like, do you know the scene in Community when uh, Troy comes back and everything's on fire? <laughs> like, the whole building was destroyed and everyone was dead. <laughs> yes. Um, and then we had to watch, so we had to watch all of reel three, because once it's on the projector, they couldn't do anything. Mm. So we had to watch all of reel three, and then they put reel two in, and we watched that, and then as we were leaving, they handed everybody their money back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's annoying. That's annoying. Should we sh- cut the picks of the week? Because I've got to get out of here because it's late and my kids have to go to bed. Have Ew. you got a pick of the week, Ron? No. Well, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I can tell you about this little light that I've got. Ah, oh, go on, go on. Then. Go <laughs> okay, on then. so. I was—I mean, um, for know. one brief second, I was hoping you would say the string bags, this new graphic novel you've just got. I there. haven't read it yet. It could be shit. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even so, got a copy. It could look shit. Well, um, as, as people will know, I, I buy lots of video gear. And uh, so this week... Um, I You're brought... wrong. Buying all this video gear, he can only use it on himself right now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm exceptionally well lit right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, it's, a, it's a little RGB light. It's about the size of a credit card. It's about maybe a centimeter and a half thick. Um, and it is it is That's fantastic. Credit card sized. I thought it was a bit bigger yeah. than you well, it's in, a, it's in a little um, diffusion box. This is actually oh, okay. the, the, the shape of it. Ah, I see. And uh, it's a uh, it's pretty thin. Yeah. Okay. You put a bit nice. there to be in focus. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's it's an RGB WW light, which means it does daylight, it does warm light, and it does um, a really good representation of I the RGB like, spectrum. I feel like one of those would be brilliant for a drawing light, like for uh, hovering over my drawing table and using it as a light. I mean, it probably it's meant for video purposes. The thing is, it does get quite warm when it's been on for a while, mm. which isn't really a problem. It's supposed to be, but it's uh, you're probably better off buying a you know an actual mains powered light, yeah. an RGB light to do that. Um, so basically, what it is, you you just sort of leave it in the background to like create like accent colors and things in your in your video shoots, uh, and it has effects built into it. So you can do things like have a, a police car. You know, if if people are making videos where like a police car rolls up on someone rather than getting a police car they can actually 
just generate the lights using this little little device and a it's got like a fire setting and a firework setting and a you know, faulty bulb and lightning if and you're, if you're shooting generally something, if you're shooting something from inside a car and you need a police car on the outside you just hang the light close to it and you'll, yeah i mean you'll and, and the lighting thing. effects are really good they're really they're really quite yeah. condensing until you you know you tell someone that it's actually coming from a little box yeah um it charges via usb-c but it also charges wirelessly on a on like a wireless phone charger Oh, okay. You pop it down on that, and you get you, depending on your light intensity settings, you get anything from like two hours to ten hours of, of usage. Can you leave it plugged in? Uh, can you uh, whenever you're using it? Yes, it will yeah. get warm, but it'll it, yeah, it can be used plugged in. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, now I bought this from AliExpress rather than buy it from Amazon. Amazon were like one hundred and twenty nine quid for it, and I bought it from AliExpress for seventy. Okay. So, you know, that should give you an idea of, of the savings that can be made by going to the amazing, <laughs> Go straight the amazing to China, people's China. China. <laughs> yeah. Have you got a pick? So yeah, that, that that's my pick. Scott? No? Okay. My pick of the week is the uh, 2080 podcast. Um, now, I've been on that as well. This is another one of the things I've been on. But not, <laughs> not the one I'm on. Not the one I'm on. There's a, The most recent episode has uh, Brian Bolland, uh Dave Gibbons and uh, Mike McMahon. This is the one where Brian talks about you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Fucking no, hell. no, 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 no. I'm briefly mentioned, but not in a good way. I'm not even mentioned by name. Uh, by them. here's the, here's the exact. No, no, no. Here's right. Okay, to give you to give you. So Brian Bolland did a podcast with uh, with Mike Mulcher previously, and Brian mentioned the cover that I'd done, but he didn't go. This is a great cover. He went. Oh, I'd like to draw a chimp. That was it. That was no, no, no mention of me, right? And then someone suggested, "Why not draw PJ Holden?" Well, no, that's nobody. So then I did a podcast. So then John McRae did a podcast interview, which is also good. Recommend that. And then I did a podcast interview, and in the podcast interview, I referenced John's interview, and because we, you know, we similar age, we grew up close together. Well, no, we didn't grow up, but I knew him from the, about the age of eighteen, so I hung around with him a lot. So that was all mentioned. And then um, I mentioned the the cover, Brian. You know that Brian had talked about me and the on the cover, and I said, you know, he can prize that Chimpsky that chimp cover out of my cold dead hands if he wants to draw that character, and which I thought was a good joke. And then he did another interview, right, with Brian Bolland, Dave Gibbons, Mike McMahon. You know, like the, the giants of 2008. That those are if you find an issue of 2008 with those three people in it, it was like that was the best 2008 has ever been. Um, so anyway, these three giants and uh, Brian Bowen's talking about the interviews and he said, oh, I listened to some of your other interviews, Mike, and I listened to the one with John McRae and that other fellow from Northern Ireland. And Mike went, oh, PJ Holden. <laughs> he went, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you ask them a question. They spend 15 minutes talking about their, their childhood and their trouble during the troubles. <laughs> and, and Mike goes, yeah, that's that's what you want from an interviewee. <laughs> You want that, that kind of, you know, you want that. So anyway, that's the only mention I get. It's not a good mention. He's trying to throw down on me and John. Uh, I've already pointed out that's a mistake to make. 800 years plus of oppression. That's that's the English. <laughs> anyway, um, so no, the, but it's a really fun interview. I mean, it's just like Dave Gibbons is the same. Dave, you ask Dave a question and you'll get 30 minutes of an answer. And and he will be kind of just step back and let him finish what he's what he's saying. Um, but you know, and Brian Mike McMahon barely gets a word in. And Bolland, of course, is is funny. But Bolland's Bolland's funny in that he's like someone who he's like an alien. He's like David Bowie in the Man Who Fell the Earth. He's kind of slightly amused and slightly kind of oh, this is all very odd, isn't it? How you, how do you shoot? What you humans read do things like that? It's weird. People want me to sign things. That's weird. What's going on there? You know, it's very, <laughs> it's very good though. It's fun, fun. That's my pick of the week. Well, that's Scott. Good. Well, are you just going to look vacant there? Look at him. Scott doesn't have a pick. Yeah, I mean, did you did you notice at all during? Yeah, your you went away. Switch, yeah, switch you went away. And you came back. Yeah, your, we saw you. Your book that I went that I went away. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yes, I'm. I even mentioned it. In fact, I said Scott's gone. Yeah. Oh really? Because <laughs> you weren't in. That's why. Anyway. Anyway, no, that's been our show. There. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next time. Hopefully uh, back to a regular <sighs> schedule because we're running a bit all over the place at the moment. But that's we're running really ragged right now, but who cares? Who's, yeah. who's keeping track? I don't even know what day it is. Who cares about anything? <laughs>
Wow. You'll have to send uh, someone to watch you for a while, or what? Anyway. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.